Welcome, welcome, welcome to our week 11 edition of the Fantasy Playbook Podcast. This is Brad. I'm joined by Brett this week. Isaiah is out in preparation of getting married this week, so we'd like to throw out a big congratulations to him. He'll be back in a couple weeks after his honeymoon, but for now, you'll just have to deal with me and Brett. So, to jump right into week 11, let's start off, as always, with the news. And as you know, most of the news we talk about here is injuries, because that is the theme of the 2015 NFL season. And we'll start off with, um, some might say a big injury, but I'd say uh, not so much. Uh, Peyton Manning looks like he has a injured, I'm old, and he will be out <laughs> for week 11. <laughs> I believe the exact injury is actually the plantar fasciitis is partially torn in his foot. But yes, I'm old. There's another name for that. Yeah. So exactly. you were you were partially correct there. Um, like you said, it's not really a big injury for his fantasy value because if you were still using Peyton Manning, then I, I'm not sure what you were doing. Like, yeah, he's he has been terrible before this game. Uh, really terrible in this game, which was very sad to see after he got that record. You were kind of rooting for him, and it ended up being one of the worst games of his career. But really, I think this injury has to do with the fantasy pieces around him in Emmanuel Sanders and in um, Demarius Thomas and the running backs as well. So how will Brock Osweiler affect their fantasy Brock value? Time. I think he can only... <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that? I said it's Brock time. I'm excited oh, for Brock time. Brock time. It's oh, Brock okay. Time. Yeah, I'm, I'm I really think excited. He can only help them at this point because they were just getting so little value with Peyton Manning at the helm. I I don't think he can be any worse. At very least, he can be the same as what Peyton Manning was already giving you. So. I think that essentially you're going to either have the same or better. So I don't. Th- I think if you were starting your your Broncos beforehand, your Emmanuel Sanders, your Demarius Thomas, you continue starting them, C.J. Anderson and Ronnie Hillman as well. I think you continue starting them. If you weren't, probably continue to set them on your bench. I don't think he changes their value all that much. Okay, please don't start C.J. Anderson. Just don't listen to Brett. There. <laughs> um, I'm just going to put out there. I told this to Brett and Isaiah earlier this week. As a Bears fan. I would rather see Peyton Manning out on the field in Week 11 than Brock Osweiler. That's how bad he's been this season. I feel worse about Osweiler being in the game against my Bears this week than I would if Peyton Manning was in there, even if he was healthy. So that tells you a lot about how far Peyton Manning has fallen in the span of two years. Because two years ago, 2013, he was setting records, and Julius Thomas and Demarius Thomas were breaking West NFL Welker records, too. Wes Welker, <laughs> it, it, was, it was crazy, and he has fallen quite quickly. Um, another quarterback that is uh, questionable for Week 11, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he had surgery on his hand, I believe, after the Week yes. uh, 10 Thursday night game, so he thinks he's going to be back by Week 11, but it's still questionable, be sure to... Uh, Keep check an eye the injury out. reports going into Sunday's you don't, game. You don't want Geno Smith starting in that game for your uh, for your other Jets purposes, for Eric Decker and Brandon Marshall purposes. You don't want Geno Smith starting in that game. So make sure you keep an eye out on that and make changes if necessary. Agreed. Let's continue with the quarterback news. There is a lot of it this week. Um, Matt 
or Mark Sanchez looks like he's starting for the injured Sam Bradford this week. Sam Bradford has a concussion, shoulder injury. It looks like he's going to be sitting out at least week 11. Mark Sanchez is in there. I don't think it's much of a downgrade personally. I don't think either no, of them are very it's good. It's perfectly equal. <laughs> that passing game has not been uh, anything incredible in, in, in uh, Philly this season. I'm considering dropping dropping Jordan Matthews in one of my leagues. That's how bad they've been. So I don't think it's too fantasy relevant. Um, going to more fantasy irrelevant quarterback play, Case Keenum is in for the other side of that Philly-St. Louis trade. Uh, Mr. Nick Foles has been benched in St. Louis. Case Keenum steps in. I don't think anyone can be worse than Nick Foles has been this season. And that passing game has been horrible outside of Tavon Austin being ridiculous. Who would have thought the most relevant piece of that trade was going to be the second-round pick? Yeah. That's, that's what it's come to. They're both on the bench this week. The second-round pick's looking like the most valuable piece that came out of that trade. That's going to go down as one of the worst trades we've seen in a very long time. Whew. Good job, Chip Kelly. Way to go. Um, more quarterback news down the pipe. Uh, Tony Romo is back after too many weeks of being gone. I think he automatically jumps into the top 10 at the quarterback position. I think this should be a big boost for, um... Every cowboy. Every cowboy. Des every Bryant, single cowboy. Terrence Williams, all of them. I think this is a big jump in Cole production. Beasley, Darren McFadden. Yeah, definitely. Uh, get him in your lineup if you got him, if he happens to still be on your waiver wire. I know he was dropped in a lot of leagues. I would go scoop him up unless you have a stud already at quarterback because he is going to step right back into the role he stepped out of in week two. Yeah, and you mentioned that a couple weeks ago, so hopefully if you were listening to the podcast, you already have him on your roster. So, But if he's still out there, definitely go grab him. Certainly. Um, and the last little bit of quarterback news here, Ben Roethlisberger, he is on bye this week, but he did the miraculous comeback last week to lead the Steelers to a win. That just tells you how much the Steelers are scared of Mike Vick touching the football ever again. <laughs> um, Indeed. I think he is, uh, he's going to be fine for Week 13. If he happens to be out there, I know he was dropped in a few leagues after the injury. If he happens to be sitting out there during the bye week, I would grab him because he is he's a top five wide receiver in my book. And QB, but QB, yeah, but he top could play five. wide receiver. He's pretty tall. Yeah, he is quite tall. He's slow though. Uh, he's a top five QB in my book, and I think he should be obviously owned in all leagues. So go grab him if at all possible. If, um, just a quick question here: If you had Tony Romo and Ben Roethlisberger both on your waiver wire, which one would you rather have? That would be Big Ben in my book. I'll take Tony Romo in that one, but it's, You're it's wrong, interesting. But it's, okay. it's definitely interesting. Yeah. Let's Thank jump you. over <laughs> to some skill position players. Probably the biggest impact of Week 10 play, Julian Edelman broke his weeks foot. In a row? Six How many weeks eight. in a row is a major Patriot going to get hurt? That's um, also on my fantasy team. Let's try I, to make I, it a streak. Tom Brady or I, Gronk in Week 11? Which one are we going for? Uh, I don't have Tom Brady in the league, so I guess probably Gronk. <laughs> well, there you go. You you heard it here first. Gronk gets injured in week 11. He's out for the rest of the season. It's very sad. 
no, no, no. Ah. Let's we were not going to hope for injuries. We don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't need to see Brett cry any more than I did on Gosh. Sunday. Um, but Julian Edelman is out for the rest of the fantasy season. Uh, presumably, he might be back for the Patriots playoff run that I'm sure is yet to come. But um, probably Danny Amendola is going to step into that role. He stepped into it yeah. last week. He has had some good weeks going uh, prior in the season. He's probably a top 20, 25 wide receiver going forward. And he was probably already picked up on Tuesday in waivers. So this conversation is probably irrelevant. Um, a couple more position players. Uh, Alan Hearns spotted in a walking boot earlier in the week. He said he's going to be fine for Thursday play. He's done this before. This isn't the first time he's gone through the week questionable. I'm not too worried about it. That, that actually isn't a walking boot on Alan Hearns. That's another Jaguar that we're going to get to a little later that was spotted in the walking boot. He has an abdominal injury, possible sports hernia, and he saw a specialist this week, uh, um, and, but is still expected to play, as you said. So You are right. He saw a specialist in Philly, why he happened to be there. But yeah. reports are that he already had that planned uh, weeks before, so it, it's nothing that came up in week 10. Yeah. So He's played through that questionable designation multiple times before. I expect him to continue to play. He's a tough guy. Agreed. The walking boot is on running back for the Jaguars, TJ Yelton. Um, he was on the walking boot. He's out of it. Fully practiced on Wednesday, or on Tuesday, I believe. He should be fine for Thursday play. If he does happen to miss, his backups are irrelevant. Don't start them. We don't care about They Denard are Robinson. Denard Robinson and Toby Gerhardt, though. And it seems like Denard Robinson would be the person to get the more carries if you wanted to handcuff DJ Yeldon. As I said, we don't care about the handcuffs. Um, okay, and some more less important news. Uh, Robert Turbin signed by Dallas after Christine Michael was cut. He's the third stringer there. As of now, until McFadden, of course, gets hurt, it, I don't think it matters too much. But if and when the McFadden injury happened, it's a name to keep in mind in the Dallas backfield. Agreed. Yeah, the bigger news here is if you were still holding on to Christian Michael, drop him because he's not even on an NFL team now. Yeah, and that's about the that's the third team he's been cut from since he's been um, drafted. Yeah, only only Seah- second. You're Seahawks Dallas. Yeah. Only second, but still, there, there's clearly something wrong there. He's got the talent, but something else is wrong. So, yeah, don't, so, don't have something's not going on there. And um, everyone's favorite Ryan brother was uh, was fired from. Everyone's the, least favorite Ryan brother. <laughs> oh, but those those luscious gray locks. Everyone oh. loves those luscious gray locks. You're right. No one likes Rob Ryan. Um, <laughs> Rex he was is fi- far fashionable. <laughs> he was fired as the defensive coordinator of the Saints. Mid-season firings don't really ever work out in my estimation. I still think the Saints are dreadful on defense. Start yeah, I everyone. Would, I think they could improve slightly, but I mean, there's only really up to go from here because they've been the worst in the league in basically every metric so far. So I think they could be slightly better, but yeah, I agree with you. There, there's still going to be a poor defense that you're going to want to play your matchups against. There are a lot of uh, kind of mid-level streaming quarterbacks coming up against them soon. So make sure you keep an eye on those people, including Brian Hoyer, Blake Bortles, people like that coming up. So make sure you keep an eye on them. We will love starting them against the Dreadful Saints, Rob Ryan or not. Now we're going into our new favorite segment of 
the podcast, Brett's Useless News. So, all right. So, no, I'm going to talk about the oh, useless. Oh, this is all you. This is, oh, no, I'm going to cut into your useless news. There was lots of useless news this week, so I wasn't able to fit it all in here. I wanted to keep it short and sweet for everyone. I'll take a so, nap. You let me know when you're done with this, okay? My three pieces of useless news this week start out with Brandon Wheaton getting cut from the Dallas Cowboys in the wake of Tony Romo being reactivated and then being signed not two days later by the Houston Texans to fill in for that void left by Ryan Mallett when he was cut by them. So Brandon Whedon does a little switch around, still a backup quarterback, still not good. Alden Smith, the uh, former star defensive player from the San Francisco 49ers that was cut and then signed by the Raiders, has been suspended for a full season uh, in wake of his DUI incident that he had during the offseason. So Alden Smith is out. And the final, and by far the most useless of all three points... Silas Red, yes, Silas Red is still in the NFL. He is the fourth string running back for the Washington Redskins, and he has been suspended four games for performance enhancing drugs. So Silas Red out of those lineups. If you had him in your fantasy team, make sure you cut him. <laughs> That's all for the useless news. That that is some useless news. You're gonna have a hard time uh, topping that next week. I have to go check to see if Silas Red has any carries this season. Let let's let's see. Silas Red. No, it doesn't. Do oh no, Silas Red was already on IR from a torn ACL and MCL for, in the preseason, and he Not somehow was using performance enhancing drugs while on the IR. Well, so that's there you just go. Really <laughs> stupid. <laughs> He's there not even go. playing football, and he's getting suspended. Silas oh. Red getting suspended on the IR. Good job. That's really useless. Okay, so let's move on to um, my personal favorite um, part of our podcast, uh, our list of the week. I always think we have fun with these. and We're going to do a big double dip in the list this week, and we're going to give you two lists this week. They kind of complement each other, but we think... Going into the trade deadline in uh, a lot of leagues, the next week or two, trade deadlines are going to hit, and you're going to be looking to grab those last and final pieces before the playoff run, or you're going to try to sell off some pieces um, that have been performing for you that you think might not perform going forward. So we have each uh, compiled our list. We have five uh, sell high candidates and five buy low candidates. So we're going to start off with the sell high candidates. We're going to start off with um, our fifth one. This is the guy that you think we should sell high, but as we go uh, higher in the list, these are guys that we think you should sell off uh, more and are a little more impactful in the trade market. Um, so I'll let you start, Brett. Who is your number five guy in sell high? My number five sell high candidate is A.J. Green. So, A.J. Green has been very successful this year, and he has such high name value that you're going to be able to get a lot for A.J. Green. He's one of only like six or seven players that is owned in 100% of ESPN leagues. People know his name. They know he's been a great wide receiver in the past, but this season, he hasn't been, he hasn't been amazing other than a couple specific games and then a lot of down weeks. So he'll have a... He's had a 34 game, and he has a 22 game, but then he has 4.7s and 3.6. That's not the type of person you want on your roster. 
I think you can sell him off and get quite a bit back for him. You can go for top-end running backs and wide receivers that you're going to be able to start week to week. And um, A.J. Green just isn't performing for you, so I think A.J. Green's a sell high for me. Definitely. If you can sell that name value, that's always good. Uh, I know there's always some guy in your league that loves grabbing those big names without paying a lot of attention to the stats that they've actually put up. And he has definitely been disappointing, I would say, throughout the season. Uh, my number five guy this is a guy that's uh, a rookie. He's uh, He's been crazy this year, but I don't think he's going to be able to keep it up. That's Mr. Carlos Williams. His uh, his touchdown streak is is untenable. I don't I don't think he's going to be able to keep up this. He's scored a touchdown in every game he's played in so far this season. I think uh, Lashawn McCoy, especially last week, looked like Lashawn McCoy that we know and love. I think he's going to get a bulk of those carries. And if Carlos Williams isn't getting into the end zone, I don't think he is going to be relevant. I think if you can sell off. Um, with all the stats he's put up and with those touchdowns, someone looking at how, uh, what his position rank is and how many points he scored, I think you're going to be able to pick up a nice piece for him to the right owner. Right now, see where he is in position rank. He's 22. He's put up uh, 85 points, and that's with missing three games. So on a point-per-game basis, he's really high. If you uh, If you tout him that way, calculate out those points per game, I'm sure you can get someone to bite on him in your league. Brett, you're Yeah, I really four. like that pick. Uh, thank you. I'm smart. What I can think, I say? I think specifically uh, you can try to sell him to LaShawn McCoy owner if you aren't the LaShawn McCoy owner. Not the LaShawn McCoy owner is going to have an extra value placed on him because of the handcuff aspect of that. So yeah, definitely like that pick. Most definitely agree. Number four. My number four is um, trying to sell someone on an extreme recency bias, and it's Matt Jones. So the only way you're really going to be able to sell Matt Jones is if you just go off of the stats from last week, because last week he had a great game, especially if you're in a PPR league. He had tons of receiving yards, tons of receptions, receiving touchdowns. He got twenty, almost 25 points last week in um, standard scoring, and even more in PPR. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but... If you're able to sell someone on his performance last week, continuing throughout the rest of the season, now is the time to do it because this week he plays Carolina, and that game probably isn't going to go well for him. Carolina is very good against the run. I believe they're first against the run. Um, and let me check that. They're they are indeed first against the run, yards allowed. So, yes. Um, so I think now is the time to sell Matt Jones if you can. He's had a couple great weeks. You can point to those, be like, look at this. He did great things. And one of his great weeks was against St. Louis, who's supposed to be a very good uh, defense. So you can say he's not just doing it against the New Orleans Saints. He's also doing it against St. Louis. So I think Matt Jones is a sell high for me. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. You're definitely going to have to uh, play up last week and that that's going to continue. He doesn't quite have the name of some of the other guys we've mentioned, but... If you can get someone to bite that's real desperate at running back that he is going to keep at that level of last week, it's definitely worth a try at least. Um, my number four this is the guy that uh, had a pretty good little stretch in the middle of the season, but I'm worried about his team. Uh, it's Justin Forsett. I think it's a, it's a big name. He's getting a little older. I think he might slow down as the season progresses, and um, I think he's a guy that you're going to be able to get a decent amount from just off the name, what he's done over the last two seasons. Uh, let me pull up his stats here. There we go. 
Um, yeah, he had a stretch in the middle of the season where he went, uh, he was over 15 points for three or four weeks, but over the last couple weeks, he's been getting the carries, but not the production. He only has two rushing touchdowns on the season. He's, uh, he's owned in almost every league, 98% of leagues. I think he's a big enough name that you can sell him and make quite a profit on some of the guys we're going to talk about later, maybe in by low. What's your three? My number three is Doug Martin. Doug Martin has some very good-looking stats this year. If you look at the uh, at the box scores, he's seventh position rank. He looks like he's a number one running back every week, but he just isn't. And he, I don't think he will continue to be. I don't like some of his matchups coming up. He's got Philly this week. He's got St. Louis in week 15 and Carolina in week 17. Those are going to be really tough matchups for him. Um I think that Doug Martin has been overvalued to this point, and you can sell that overvalued and that position rank and get in return something, in my opinion, even better. Go for a D'Angelo Williams that's lower than him on the position rank, or even like a Frank Gore that's lower than him on the position rank, and you can pull those people in for Doug Martin, who I think is headed on a downhill slope. That's true. He's definitely been down the last two weeks as, he's been th- as they have been throwing the ball a lot more to, uh, to Mike Evans. That mm-hmm. looks like it might continue going forward. Um, my number three, this is the guy that's just been on fire this season. I think he'd be very easy to trade to a quarterback-needy team. But with all the injuries on this team, I think he's someone you might want to step away from. That's Philip Rivers. I have him in a league. I've been riding him. I was just able to pick up uh, Ben Roethlisberger as a uh, kind of a handcuff, a backup to him. He's a, he's a top-five quarterback on the season. He's second in the league to Tom Brady in yards. Um, he's, been, he's been great, but between Malcolm Floyd and Keenan Allen and all these guys going down in his receiving game, I think it's going to be hard for him to keep up this ridiculous pace he's been on through uh, 10 weeks. If you can sell him off to a... Uh, the Andrew Luck owner, maybe, that just lost Andrew Luck, or the Peyton owner that's, that's probably struggling at that position after drafting Peyton too high. Um, you can probably pick up a decent wide receiver or running back um, just based on stats and name alone. I think he's a really good buy or sell high in my book. Yeah, he can only throw so much. <laughs> at some point, it will have to come to an end. Agreed, because he has thrown all the passes. Mm-hmm. Number two. Um, my number two is Chris Ivory. That's going up even higher in the position ranks at running back. He is number five position rank currently. You're killing and this one of my to... fantasy teams right now. You're just naming oh, am I? every player on my uh, team. It's okay. Uh, Continue. This comes down to me to his production in yards, and that's really what we can where we can see the talent that a running back has, in my opinion. And in weeks eight and nine, not ten, he did pretty good against Buffalo. But in weeks eight and nine against two. What seemed like very good matchups, Oakland and Jacksonville, he averaged just over one yard per carry. He was saved one of those weeks because he got two touchdowns, but that's my main issue with Chris Ivory. I think he's super touchdown dependent, and I think that's the people, the type of person you need to get away from. You need to get to someone who's going to give you consistent volume and consistent points, even if they don't get in the touchdown, even if they don't get in the end zone every week. So I think you should move away from Chris Ivory. So you're telling me one yard per carry is bad, correct? One yard per carry is bad, that's yes. That's, okay, I should avoid that. Okay, yeah, so I want, I want yeah. to make sure. I want to clarify there. Um, no, that's, that's a pretty good one. He does have a, a fairly easy schedule 
the rest of the season. So I'm I'm still buying Ivory, but it's it's not a bad one. He did have some real down weeks over the last couple. Um, my number two, and this one, it pains me to say it. I don't want to say this name. Trust me. Um, I, I'm a little worried about Matt Forte going through the rest of the season. Coming off the injury, we've seen what Jeremy Langford's going to do. I'm getting a face from Brett because he is not happy about this. He's a centerpiece of one of his teams. Um, and he's been the centerpiece of my Bears for, for years. And I love Matt Forte, but... I think uh, they're not going to be able to keep Jeremy Langford off the field. He's going to be getting carries. I don't know if it's a 50-50 split or a 60-40 split, but he's going to stay on the field. They're not going to be able to get him off. He is the the future at the running back position with Matt Forte being a free agent at the end of the season. And I think that that production that we've become accustomed to out of Forte could wean as the season goes on as they try to keep uh, Langford involved in the game. So if you can sell that name value now before it starts going bad, I think it, this is the time to pull the trigger and try to pawn him off on a running back needy team. I don't like that pick, but I can understand the logic. So um, for my number one, drum roll, sell high. Okay. That was the worst <laughs> drum roll ever. I am not <laughs> good my number one, sell high. In my opinion, this is a must sell. He's not just a sell high. It's a must sell. Get this person off your team. I do not like him. I do not like his playoff matchups. Uh, I, he was my dud last week, which turned out pretty well for me. It's Chris Johnson. Now, it would have been better if you would have um, heeded my advice about two or three weeks ago when I told him told you to sell high coming off that, gr- that good game against Baltimore. He's had a couple down weeks since then, but he still looks good on paper, being in the position rank 15, averaging 10 points a game. Um, he looks good. When you watch him in the games, he does not look good. He looks slow and he looks old, probably because he is old. Uh, CJ2K isn't what he used to be. He doesn't have that burst anymore. I think you have to get him off your rosters. And his final three, his final four games are all four good run defenses. Um, And that would be when your fantasy playoff would be. And that's Minnesota, Philly, Green Bay, and then the Seahawks right there in your fantasy championship if you're playing on ESPN in week 17. You don't want that for your fantasy championship. You don't want to have him going against the Seahawks. We saw what that did this week. He only got just under six points. Get him off your team if at all possible. Get whatever you can for him. No, I think that's a very good one. Uh, old running backs going into the latter part of the season is probably always a good idea to stay away from. Um, my last one, this is about as bold as it gets. This player, if you hold, if you own him, you have probably learned to have a very strong um, love for him, for what he's done for you for the first half of the season. He is the number one running back so far this season by a comfortable mile. But I am, uh, I think what you can get for him is well worth it. I've seen him traded in one of my leagues, and he got a king's ransom. Oh, yes, he did. (laughs) I think Devonta Freeman is is someone that, you should look to see what you can get. If you can float the trade out there and see what people will offer you, he's he's been down for his standards the last three weeks. He's only been around 13 points each of the last three weeks. Um, he only had 12 carries in week nine uh, before his bye against San Francisco, and that was for 12 yards. He just saved you in the receiving game. Um, he plays Carolina twice in the fantasy playoffs. 
in week 14 and 16. He still plays Minnesota in week 12, so he has some tough matchups going down the stretch here. I think he is someone... I'm not saying you have to sell him like Chris Johnson, but I'm saying that for what you can get for him, if you can get Adrian Peterson plus more for him, I think that's a trade that you have to do, even with that strong feelings I'm sure all you Freeman owners have for him this deep in the season. I actually love that pick. I'm kind of wishing I had the guts to make that pick now that you like explain your logic. I'm like, oh, I'm fired up for it. And if you're <laughs> thinking like Adrian Peterson plus more, that's way too much for Devontae Freeman. Trust us. It happened in one of our leagues. It can happen to you too. Float the trades out there. See what you can get. Devontae Freeman can pull in a lot just based off that points number. You look at that points number, he's way ahead of everyone else. Why wouldn't I go for him? Yeah. Well, there's plenty of reasons that, that um, Falcons offense has looked poor lately, and so there's, there's definitely plenty of reasons to want to sell him. I like that pick a lot. Definitely. He has nine touchdowns on the season, and he hasn't scored a touchdown since week six. Six of those nine touchdowns were in week three and four alone, so he's really slowed down at that uh, touchdown pace. The carries are going away. I, I'm, I'm getting a little worried. I'm getting a little worried for next year if you're counting him as a keeper in your book. Um, I think it'd probably be better. We've seen one-year wonders like this. Last year we saw Jeremy Hill that we were all so excited about, C.J. Anderson that went and had these crazy seasons that we went, oh, these are the next stud running backs in the NFL. And then we see what they've done this year, and it's been a whole heck of a lot of nothing. So I think uh, he's someone that uh, you should see what you can get out there for. Um, I think that was uh, pretty helpful, everyone. For everyone, what do, you, what do you think, Brett? You think we? Uh... I I definitely like those lists. I think we we have one more to do though. We do. We are I'm excited. Yet. We got There's our top two five lists of the week this week. I know everyone should be so excited. They love the list of the week, and they get a double dose in week eleven. So let's start out. Um, this is top five. Am I gonna start again, or is it you? Um, I'll let you take this one. You did so right. well last All time. All right. I I did. Thank you. Um, so my first buy low candidate is someone who might seem confusing to you just because he's got some competition in that backfield, and it's Antonio Andrews. So, my defense for Antonio Andrews is though he does not look great on the field, he is getting the volume. He's getting the touches from that team. He's a starting running back. Last week, I know it's hard to swallow. He put up .8 for your team. Believe me, I started him too, but it was a bad matchup. You had Carolina. The next three weeks in a row, you get Jacksonville, Oakland, Jacksonville. Those are great matchups for a running back. You want to have him on your team. Yes, David Cobb is coming back, but I just think if Antonio Andrews has a couple good weeks in a row here, he's going to solidify himself. I think you can buy him super low. You might even be able to get him off the waivers. He's available in over 30% of ESPN.com leagues. So I think that Antonio Andrews is someone you should go out look for you can probably float out very little to get him i think you're buying him super low at this point i think his value is only going to go up from that point eight uh i think that's a good one andrews i've i picked him quite a few times for studs this season and um he's someone i believe in i'm not too worried about david cobb going forward i think next year is more when you need to worry about that but for the rest of the season i think he should have at least a chance to get some carries in that backfield and uh, break out a little. I'm not saying he's going to be a stud, he's going to be a, a top 10 running back or anything, but I think he does have a chance to be um, yeah, I definitely relevant. Agree. 
He's um, gonna be yeah. He's gonna be fantasy relevant, but not fantasy awesome. Agreed. I'm also going with a uh, a young running back that has been not too great this season that I think you can get for very little, um, and that's Melvin Gordon. I think uh, as we see the Chargers are pretty done this year. They're two and seven. Their their season is over. They're not making the playoffs. They spent a uh, a first round pick on this guy. They they can't afford to give up on him. And I think for the the low amount you would be able to pick him up for, I just picked him up off of waivers in one of my leagues. So he might be out there. He was dro- He's been dropped in some leagues. He's down to eighty one percent owned. Um, and the owners that are still holding on to him, I'm sure, are not happy with what they've got out of their draft pick so far. So if you can pick him up for uh, for dirt cheap, I think he's at least worth a flyer. I think he's going to get carries down the stretch. Uh, they play some teams like uh, Oakland and Jacksonville and Kansas City a couple times, so I think you can run against. Um, so going forward, I think he is at least worth a speculative ad, a, a cheap pickup somewhere, if you're able to get him for a good price. Back yep, to you. Definitely. For my number four, I am picking Arizona Cardinals wide receiver John Brown. Trust me with this one. John Brown owners are frustrated. I am one of them in many leagues, and I am frustrated. John Brown has put two straight goose eggs up when he's been active. Um, he's very frustrating at this point as a John Brown owner. So as non-John Brown owners, you need to jump on that frustration. You should go to the John Brown owner, offer him way under the value of John Brown. Before he went out, he was putting up double-digit points every single week, five, six, and seven. He puts up double-digit points. Since then, he hasn't put up a single point. So the John Brown owners are angry. Some are even dropping him. I think you need to go to those John Brown owners, offer him very little, and I believe you can probably get him. Michael Floyd went down with that hamstring injury, so John Brown should probably come back into that number two role now that uh, Michael Floyd is injured. Michael Floyd kind of took it from him when he was injured, but they're going to switch back around, in my opinion. So I think that John Brown is a good buy-low candidate. Well, Brett just saved me some breath because my number four uh, buy-low is John Brown. Oh, look at that. We, did, we that? didn't even know who each other picked. Exactly. We didn't share these lists. So um, what he said, I think he has a chance to come back just because he's been hurt for a couple weeks. Doesn't mean the talent's gone away jump on that uh, that injury and try to pick him up before he has another big game. Uh, so I'll send it back to you. All right. Maybe we can keep this going. Maybe our threes will be the same too. Uh, for my number three, we have uh, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs caught fire early in the season. He had those those four games right from week four to week Eight, where he just he was on fire. He's getting touchdowns. He's getting all the targets on that team. And these last two weeks, he's been kind of quiet. So there are some Stephon Diggs owners who are kind of like souring on him. They're not sure if he, if that was just like a little thing or if that's going to remain constant. I think it's going to remain constant. He has some good matchups coming up in Atlanta, Chicago, the Giants. We know what the Saints did to them a couple weeks back. He has some good matchups coming up. He's got Teddy Bridgewater in there. You don't have to worry about Sean Hill or whatever. I think he's gonna ke- he's gonna get back with the program. He's gonna get those receptions some more. He could get in the end zone a couple more times. I think he's a great buy low candidate. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. Um, but we didn't copy this time. I'm going with my beloved Bear. I think Jay Cutler 
has been great. This is probably a guy you can pick up off of waivers. Yeah, that's not even a buy low. That's just a go add. But if he happens to be owned, he has been quite studly the last few weeks. Pulling up that as we speak, because I'm not prepared as always. Um, over the last six games he has played, um, no less than 17 points in all those games. He's been throwing touchdowns. He's been un-Jay Cutler-like with his interception ratio, only throwing five on the season, which I love seeing personally. Um, Adam Gase has done an amazing job with that offense. Future um, head coach Adam Gase, right, Brad? I'm I'm still holding out hope that he's in Chicago next year, so you stop talking. Um, <laughs> week 11 in Denver might be a little tricky um, just playing against that Denver defense, but after that, you got Green Bay, San Francisco, Washington um, to end the regular season. I think he is someone that you should be looking out for if you're one of those quarterback-needy teams we talked about earlier. Um, he's been more than steady, more than startable. I'd say he's a, a top probably 12 quarterback at this point. Um, yeah, right around there. Which is is very startable in most leagues at this point in the season. Uh, well, who's your two? My number two is someone who you're probably going to have to give up a little more than all these other people we've mentioned, and it's Latavius Murray. Now, he is the position rank 11, so if you're trying to trade with someone who's just looking at like the numbers and the position rank, it might be pretty difficult to get him away. But if you're looking at someone who's pretty pretty active, they know for the past two weeks that he's only put up seven two weeks in a row. They could be a little frustrated with him that he's not getting in the end zone. But I think he's a, he's a solid candidate to be a number one wide receiver at the end of the year. Just because of that volume he's getting every single week. He's one of the few running backs that you can count on the volume. He's going to get between 15 and 20 every single week. And that's something that's hard to find in the NFL today. So I think if you can go and get Latavius Murray, even if it's not a huge discount, I think you're going to get some discount on him right now. And after this Detroit week, this week, I don't know if you're going to have that option after this week. Because he could, he could score quite a bit. As a Murray owner, I sure hope you are right, Brett. Because I need... A little more than his seven points going forward. Um, this next guy is a guy that I had a heck of a lot of hope for going into the season. He started hmm. strong, but between injuries and uh, poor offensive play, he has not been great. But for the price I think you can get him for, I think he is well worth it. That's Carlos Hyde of the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he's coming off of injury. He might be back this week. It might be another week before he's back which just means you're going to get him for even lower of a price. Um, as a Hyde owner myself, I know I am frustrated to no end with him and his injuries and lack of production. So if you can vulture in and take um, advantage of that, uh, that frustration, then I think it would be a great thing. I think Hyde has the talent. We saw that last season when he was getting touchdowns over Frank Gore when he was uh, running like a crazy man. We saw that in week one against the Vikings. He has the talent. I think, uh, as we saw last week, that offense looks a little better with uh, Blaine Gabbard under center. Maybe he has a chance. I know, it's a crazy thing to say. I didn't think I would <laughs> What ever, was up with that? <laughs> I didn't think I would ever utter those words in my entire life, but it really did. It looked like a better, uh, competent offense with Blaine Gabbert, and maybe if Hyde can get back with him, then he can... Uh, Go back to what we thought he might be when we were drafting him in the second and third round 
at the beginning of the season. Let's go with the big number one. The number one buy low candidate for me is Randall Cobb. Now, of Randall Cobb has not been good. Weeks four through ten, that's the six weeks because there was a buy in there. So, in the past six weeks, he has five games that are under five points. So, not he has not three. been good. They, they were against great teams, like, or I mean, great matchups like San Francisco, San Diego, Detroit. Great matchups that he should have been able to score lots of points on, but didn't. So their Randall Cobb owners are frustrated, and I think this is a the situation where you just have to trust the talent. You have to trust the talent of Aaron Rodgers, who's one of the best quarterbacks that NFL has ever seen. You've got to trust the talent of Randall Cobb, who's been a number one wide receiver the past two years. You just have to trust the talent at this point that it will bounce back. Like Aaron Rodgers said last year, relax. you got to just relax on the Packers offense. I think they're going to get it back into gear. Make a playoff push here. They got to overtake Minnesota, who's past them in the in the divisional ranks. So I think that the uh, Packers offense will rebound, and with that, will, Randall Cobb will also rebound. Uh, Steve Smith has missed two games this season already. He has more points than him. Uh, Richard Matthews has more points than him. Um, I'm a little worried on Cobb, but Brett has a man crush on him, so I can understand why that would be his number one. Shush. Um, my number one, we talked about this guy a little bit earlier. I think this is, you're going to be your last chance to swoop in and grab him if you haven't already. And that's Tony Romo. Um, before he starts putting up big numbers, I think if you grab him right now, before he does anything, it's going to be your best chance to get him on your team. Um, he's been out for a long time. If someone happened to hold on to him that whole time, they probably uh, are a little frustrated, or if someone just happened to pick him up off of waivers, or if he's still out in waivers on, in your league, he's someone that should definitely uh, be targeted. I think he is going to have a great remainder of the season, and I would do a lot to get him. Okay, so there's our list of the week. I uh, hope that helps everyone out. I think those are some good targets and cells that you can use as the fantasy trade deadline approaches. Uh, now we're going to jump over to studs and duds of the week. Going to do a quick recap of last week. Um, I kicked everyone's butts and duds as I always do. Oh, I'm awesome at those. Um, so Brett lost that miserably, but not as bad as Isaiah, who somehow <laughs> his studs put up 50 points. Yes, what that's right. That? His dad's like the two best players in the NFL. And he's like, those people, they aren't going to do well. Yeah, so he's really bad at picking duds. And yeah, Brett won studs, whatever. We're yeah, I did. Thank that. you, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Brett, Brett's crushing us in studs on the season. I am winning in duds. And you should probably just not listen to anything Isaiah has to say. So conveniently, I mean. <laughs> he's not here this week, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, so we'll jump into our studs and duds of week 11. Um, I will start off with my studs this week. I'm going to uh, double dip as uh, one of my studs last week, and that's Kamar Aiken. I still think uh, he that his ownership needs to increase from where it is right now. It's still down in like the 30% region. He's the number one wide receiver on that team. Um, Joe Flacco loves to throw the ball. We already talked about my concerns on Justin Forsett. I would go grab him quickly if you could. Get him in your lineup if you're weak at wide receiver. 
I think he's going to have another big week. My second one, uh, this one has a lot to do with the um, injury of Julian Edelman, and that's James White. He didn't have a big week in Week 10 when we thought he might but I think he's going to step up even more in that Deion Lewis role. He's going to catch even more passes with Julian Edelman out of the game, and I think he is going to be a stud for the New England Patriots. What bad studs do you have for us this week, Brett? Um, I believe I'm leading in studs, so they will be awesome. Um, my two studs this week, both wide receivers, both, both bad at football, that aren't very good. <laughs> um, but... No, that's not two... right. Not right at all. Oh, you're right. You're right. One <laughs> of them is on a team that isn't very good. One is on a very good team, and that's part of the reason that I'm picking him. It's Ted Ginn Jr. Ted uh, Ginn Jr., okay. wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers, undefeated. I don't know why I said they weren't very good, but they're undefeated. Um, and this comes down to three main points. First of all, they're playing the Washington Redskins, whose secondary is beat up and wasn't very good in the first place. So they're, like, they're 26th against wide receivers in fantasy points. They're giving up a ton of receptions and touchdowns to the wide receivers. Ted Ginn is the main option there. What? I think the same thing could be said of Ted Ginn. (laughs) Not very good in the first place and kind of beat up. But regardless, (laughs) continue. (laughs) That that could be correct, to be honest. Ted Ginn is not that talented of a wide receiver, but what he is good at is running really fast down the field. And he has Cam Newton who we all know has a huge arm, Cam Newton, that's my second reason I'm picking Ted Ginn, is Cam Newton. Cam Newton is good, he escapes the pocket, even on broken plays, he's able to find Ted Ginn. If Ted Ginn doesn't drop them inexplicably as he runs into the end zone, then he could have some really good games. This is really going to be touchdown dependent for him, and long play dependent, but I think this is a week that he can get behind the defense, that Washington Redskins secondary is not very good, I think this is the week for him to really break out, or a second week, because he kind of already did it once. My second stud is Doriel Green Beckham. I'm going to have fun watching Ted Ginn drop like three touch, uh, uh, catches in the end zone. It's going to be really he probably fun. Will. I'm going to enjoy probably. this Sunday. So you guys no, all... Ted Ginn. Yeah, yeah. And Brett will call me crying because his studs did bad. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. We'll talk about it next week. Doriel Green Beckham <laughs> is my second stud. Uh, Doriel Green Beckham has been... Bad. Poor <laughs> throughout the season. But he has flashed a couple times, specifically since the head coaching change there in Tennessee. He's been getting more targets. Last week, played Carolina, got the Josh Norman treatment. We can basically just scratch that off. He got zero. I didn't really expect him to do very well against Josh Norman. He's one of the best corners, if not the best corner in the league at this point. And he shut down Doriel Green-Beckham. But Doriel Green-Beckham, big wide receiver, He's going to be able to get... You know how much I love my wide receivers, Brad. Oh, he's going to I be know. Able, we don't need to keep talking to about that. Down, hunker down in the, in the end zone and get those nice, easy passes from um, Marcus Mariota. He is, he's such a big target down there, and the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars have given up uh, 10 touchdowns to the wide receivers this year in only nine games. So they're giving up more than one a game to the wide receivers. I think he's got a good candidate to get in the end zone this week, um, and this could be a really big breakout game for him as well. Okay, those are bad. We can all agree on that. Uh-huh. Now let's jump over uh, to... The leader just picked them, so I believe they're very good. Let's jump over to Duds of the Week. Um, I didn't really go uh, anything inspiring here, but I think these guys are owned in over 80% of leagues. 
and I need to continue my streak of killing everyone in duds. Uh, James Jones, he's been pretty bad the last couple weeks. I think that will continue. Um, I'm a little worried about that passing game in Green Bay. I love Aaron Rodgers, but I'm a little worried. And then my second one, running back out of Cincinnati. No, it's not Giovanni Bernard. It's the dreadful Jeremy Hill. Um, we've we've beaten the Jeremy Hill uh, trained to death. He hasn't been very good. He got a whopping seven carries in Week 10. Um, I think that will continue. He's pretty disappointing. He will be a dud for sure. What bad duds have you chosen for us this week, Brett? Mm, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have chosen... Jeremy Macklin. Jeremy Macklin was, I believe, your dud last week against Denver. He was a and, beast. And that was that was a good pick. He only got 1.7 against Denver, as expected. Uh, this week, I, he's going against San Diego, which surprisingly, though they aren't a very good defense in general, very good against the fantasy wide receivers. Um, giving up, giving up uh, only 19.4 is their average. They're eighth in the league. So Jeremy Macklin could definitely get shut down this week. In general, it just doesn't seem like Alex Smith is looking his way. He's looking a lot more down, checking down to Sharkandrick West, looking for Travis Kelsey a lot. He's not getting the targets he needs to be successful. He's very target-dependent, and he's also not getting in the end zone. So I think Jeremy Macklin is going to be a dud this week. Yeah, I can see it. I'm a little worried on Jeremy Macklin this season as a whole. You might have yeah. actually picked a good one this time. Oh, oh, actually picked a good one. Is that right? Yes. And the second one's bad. He's going to break out, just like I told you guys about earlier. Yeah, this is so the, the second one is uh, is one of Brad's by-low candidates, Melvin Gordon. Uh, Melvin Gordon has not been good all season. He yes. does not have a single touchdown this year, hasn't scored more than 10 points at any point this season. I don't know why you'd be starting him, but he's owned in more than 80% of leagues and started in more than 40% of leagues. So, oh, sorry, no. He started in more than 20% of leagues. So I, I think that he needs to be out of your lineups for sure. Um, and going against KC this week, they've been a surprisingly good matchup, against, or a surprisingly bad matchup against the fantasy running backs. Giving, um, they're ninth in the league, only giving up 15.3 on average. Um, I think that Melvin Gordon is a definite sit for me this week. Um, history would dictate that you're correct there, but I am going to be real happy when he all of a sudden decides to break out in Week 11 for 112 yards and two touchdowns. So I can mm-hmm. laugh at you sure. next week. Sure. Um, okay, so now that we've decided Brett's going to lose that for the week, let's move on. Um, with uh, with Isaiah out this week, we thought that it would be fun to... Uh, Talk a little DFS, Daily Fantasy Sports. Me and Brett are, are big fans of DFS. We've been having a lot of fun all season playing. So we thought that it would be fun to break down some guys in Week 11 that we thought were uh, were good buys, both, both high guys that are uh, worth paying the big price and uh, low guys that are worth um, reaching a little lower for and getting that steal. And then we're also going to talk about some uh, some favorite players that we've been plugging in all of our lineups for Week 11. Um, so let's start off with some of those high price guys. They're just they're just worth the price. Sometimes you just gotta plug guys in, even if it's going to hurt money wise, um, to get those points that you need to win your your double ups or your tourneys or whatever it is. 
Uh, so we're just going to kind of break down a guy each from uh, all the positions, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end, and uh, talk about their price a little bit and why we think they are worth paying the big bucks. Um, so I'm going to start off with Tom Brady at quarterback. He's been a beast this year. He's the number one quarterback in the league. He um, is playing a Buffalo team that he threw like crazy against um, earlier this season. They barely ran the ball at all. He threw the ball like 50-something times. It was crazy. I think um, he will continue that in Week 11. He is the highest-priced quarterback at 8500 on DraftKings. Um, all prices I'm going to throw out today are going to be on DraftKings. That's just the one I prefer. Anytime I can avoid using a kicker is better for me. <laughs> but uh, FanDuel's is is very uh, very fun too, and we have no preference on the Fantasy Playbook podcast. But uh, me personally, I lean DraftKings. So those are the prices I will be throwing out, and I would assume Brett as well. I will be as well, yes. Um, but 8500 is a lot for Tom Brady. I'm not sure if that's where I'm going to go with any of my lineups, but I would not fault anyone for grabbing those automatic points and throwing him in your lineup. Uh, what do you think at the quarterback position? Anyone you like up there in the upper echelon? Yeah, I'm going to go with Philip Rivers this time. He's a little less expensive than Tom Brady, so if you're looking for someone just a little bit less, he's, only, he's about 1600 less, sitting at uh, 6900 um, He's the fourth most expensive quarterback on DraftKings. Philip Rivers has just been so consistent this year. He's throwing the ball so much, getting in the end zone. Uh, he's he's just he, averaging more than twenty points. I I think you have to if you want consistent points, it's something like a double up or a fifty fifty. Philip Rivers is the way to go. Casey uh, isn't a great matchup, but they aren't bad either. They're middling, and I think with the amount of times uh, Philip Rivers drop back, drops back to throw. They're gonna they're gonna get lit up by him. So I I think Philip Rivers is the way to go with the uh, top price quarterbacks this week. That is a good one. Let's see if he can uh, hold up without all of those wide receiver weapons for one more week. Uh, jumping to wide receivers, I'm kind of going with an obvious guy here, but he finds his way into my lineup almost every week. The guy has 124 targets on the season, which is leading the league. That's DeAndre Hopkins. The team's not very good in Houston but they force-feed him the ball like crazy. He's only had two weeks um, under 11 points this season. I don't think against the Jets that's going to stop. The Jets' defense going into the season we thought was going to be really good. The passing defense hasn't been quite as good over the last couple weeks as you might imagine. So I think that um, DeAndre Hopkins... Once again, we even saw last week he was able to pick up a garbage-time touchdown at the very end of the game. He's always good for one of those. He's got seven touchdowns on the season uh, to go along with his 124 targets. He's a guy that I put in my lineup almost every week, including Week 11. For for my top-priced wide receiver, I'm going to go with an even more obvious pick than yours, uh, and that's Julio Jones. He's the number one-priced wide receiver, as he is almost every week. Uh, it's just hard to not pick him. Going against that poor Colts defense, poor Colts secondary, they're 25th against fantasy wide receivers. He's averaging almost 27 fantasy points per game in DraftKings scoring, which is PPR. Um, and it's just it's hard to pass up on him any week. I, I see him in my lineups 
almost every week. Um, sometimes I'll go with a DeAndre Hopkins, but Julio Jones just so consistent. Has a good defensive matchup this week. I think you you have to get him in in there if you can afford it. Yeah, both those guys are, are expensive. Julio Jones is ninety uh, ninety three hundred, and DeAndre Hopkins is eighty eight hundred, which puts them well over a uh, thousand to two thousand ahead of the next healthy wide receiver. So you're gonna have to pay up for them, but in a DraftKings setting where it's a PPR league, with the amount of targets those two guys are getting. They're going to be well worth trying to get at least one of them in your lineup. Um, for my running back, I went obvious again, but obvious isn't always a bad thing, especially in a double-up or a 50-50. It's Todd Gurley. He's been a beast again. He's going on this season. He's been he's the number two running back behind Devonta Freeman. He's going to be against Baltimore, which has been a, a middle-of-the-road defense. He's 7,600 on DraftKings, but... I would try to get him in your lineup if you could, because so far, until proven otherwise, it looks like he is matchup proof and can score on just about anyone. So get him in your lineup ASAP. I'm going to go with uh, Lamar Miller for this one. He's a little farther down that list. Um, he's he's uh, the sixth highest price oh, running back on. DraftKings so at 6,200, um, but he has he has a juicy matchup this week with Dallas. Juicy. And a great thing about Lamar Miller is that he can he catches the ball a lot. He's very involved in the receiving game, so he's getting those PPR points for you, which is almost invaluable in a dra- in the DraftKings setting when you're getting a full point per reception. Um, in FanDuel, you only get half points, so he takes a little step down. But in DraftKings, you're getting that full point per reception. He's getting a ton of receptions this season, specifically since that head coaching change. They've gotten him more involved in the receiving game. I think Lamar Miller is a great pick this week going against Dallas. Completely agree. I have to. Uh, I would Lamar have to point out the. Oh, sorry. No, go you're ahead. good. Continue. I would have to point out though. This is not normally where I like to go with my running backs. I always find that I can find cheaper options. We'll talk about it a little bit later. I don't like to go high priced in my running back position. Being as it is PPR, I like to spend my money on the wide receivers. Just a little of my own personal philosophy playing DraftKings. Completely agree with Brett. We have uh, very similar philosophies when it comes to DFS. We normally go pretty cheap at quarterback and running back and try to go for real big stars at wide receiver. Um, But that's just us. Each person does it differently. It's not like uh, we're millionaire winners over here or anything. But we do do Pretty good week to week. Um, tight end position, not going uh, quite as studly as, say, a Rob Gronkowski. I'm going to go a few tiers down. But this guy, as long as he's been healthy over his entire career, has just been a stud. He catches everything that's thrown at him, and he gets a ton of targets doing it. Um, that's Jordan Reed. He's missed two games this season, still has 58 targets, which puts him... Do, 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 looking up stats music, puts him uh, top 10 in terms of um, targets for tight ends this year. Um, only a couple behind guys like, only one target behind a guy like Tyler Eifert. Only a couple targets behind Travis Kelsey. He's been a beast. Um, he gets all the targets in a PPR setting. He should be good for five to eight receptions each week. And I love uh 
Jordan Reed this week and weeks going forward as long as he stays healthy. Yep, I like Jordan Reed as well. You do have to look out for those uh, Carolina linebackers. you got Luke Keekley back there who can shadow a, a tight end pretty well, but Jordan Reed seems to be pretty matchup proof. So um, I'm going to go with the tight end on the opposite side of that matchup, Greg Olson, playing for the Carolina Panthers against the Washington Redskins. A lot of the same arguments are made for Ted Ginn earlier stand with Greg Olson. Washington secondary is beat up and wasn't very good in the first place. Um, Greg Olson is just a, he's a target monster out there. He's it seems like sometimes Cam Newton only has eyes for Greg Olson, which rightfully so because he's one of his only options um, in his receiving core. So I think Greg Olson is just a consistent player every single week. He's going to get the targets. He's going to get the points. Um, I mean, you can definitely go with Gronk, but I find it sometimes very difficult to get Gronk in lineups and then still put people around him that I feel comfortable with. So taking that one small step down and going to uh, Greg Olson, who's 1500 cheaper than him, is a, a smart way to go, in my opinion. I do love Greg Olson, and come on, why wouldn't you throw to Greg Olson? You'd rather throw to, say, Ted Ginn? No, no, we, <laughs> we shouldn't do that. We should definitely throw to Greg Olson. I understand Cam's logic there completely. So now we're going to run through a couple uh, low price guys this week. Each week, uh, there seems to be a couple guys that get priced a little below what we think they should be, um, and it looks like you can get some value. Uh, this has been my patron saint of the Week 11 podcast, but I'm going to ring the bell again for Tony Romo. He's coming back off the off the injury. He's super cheap in DraftKings this week. He is 6000 which puts him in company with Peyton Manning and Alan, um, Andy Dalton. I think he is much better than any of those guys for the name value you're getting at that price range. Um, he's only a hundred more than Russell Wilson. So I would grab him going against Miami. That secondary in Miami has not been great this season. And I would grab him and get him in your lineup as soon as possible. Uh, for my uh, QB cheap steal of the week, um, I'm going to go with Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is good for two reasons, in my opinion, this week. First of all, he's always going to get you those running yards. He sets himself a baseline with the running yards, and he's very consistent with that. So in the games he's played this year, he's averaged almost 20 points in DraftKings scoring. So that's, that's a great, consistent line that he's setting for himself. And my second main reason for picking him is the first time he played the New England Patriots, which was week two of this season. He had his best game of the season with 26 points. And I think he's got a chance to repeat that. I think some game flow could um, could be in his favor there. New England could get ahead early, and they could have to fight back, which is what happened in their last game. Um, Tyrod T- Taylor ended up in a bit of a shootout and was pretty successful, despite throwing a couple picks. Still got quite a few points. I think he could be a, a really good, super cheap option. It's only 5200 this week. He's just above the minimum, which is 5000 where like Charlie Whitehurst and Matt Castle are sitting at. So... Um, I think he's he's a great, super cheap option if you really want to punt the position, try to get a couple points from there, and go big at your other positions. You sure you don't want to start Charlie Whitehurst? Yeah, I don't think so. I, I'm oh, not sure come if, on. Yeah, he's even on an NFL team. Uh, probably not. Let's hope not. Um, okay, jumping to wide receiver. I'm going real low with this one, but he's a guy I think against the 49ers this week could have a big game. That's Doug Baldwin. He is the number one wide receiver on the Seahawks. 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 Uh, somehow, 
but uh, they keep losing wide receivers up there. Off of Ricardo Lockett, and uh, there's another one that went down last week. I forget his name, their rookie up there. Um, but the receiving core has not been great. It's getting hurt. Uh, Jimmy Graham has been a huge disappointment. So I think Baldwin against that very poor secondary for the 49ers um, could have a big week. He is priced this week at 3500 which is, is real close to the basement. He's in the company of uh, Brett's favorite, Ted Ginn. Um, Devin Funches has, is uh, more expensive than he is. Um, Andre Johnson is more expensive than he is. So he's, he's really down in the, the dumpster price-wise, and I think he could you could stick him in your lineup at one of your wide receiver spots, and it might give you enough money to pick up one of those DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones types that we were talking about earlier. Yep, I, I, I do like that pick. Mine is uh, slightly more expensive, going up to uh, Stevie Johnson, wide receiver, number one wide receiver at this point for the uh, San Diego Chargers. Um, I couldn't believe he was this low price. I don't know if you were as surprised as I was, Brad, but when I saw this price, I could not believe it. Less than 4000 sitting at 3900 Stevie Johnson, he's a target monster at this point just because Philip Rivers throws so often, and he's the only one there. So, I mean, I, I can't imagine him getting less than 10 targets in this game. Casey, not very good against the wide receivers, despite having a pretty decent defense overall. I think Stevie Johnson definitely gets his share this week, and he's a solid person if you, if you have uh, only a little bit of money left at the end of your rosters and you want to throw someone in. Stevie is great for uh, PPR purposes, which obviously helps in DraftKings as well because he should catch, catch a lot of balls. Are you sure you don't want Bouchard Perrimans? He's only $100 I, more? I'm going to pass on Bouchard Perryman, the, the on IR Bouchard Perryman. I think I'll pass on him. Probably something we should throw out that we didn't talk about in news that Bouchard Perryman of the Baltimore Ravens was placed on IR officially this week. So if you're one of the silly, silly people like we know in one of our leagues that's been holding on to him all season long, uh, drop him like you should have nine weeks ago and uh, stop wasting your time. Pick up someone better that we've talked about earlier on the podcast. Um, running back, this is a guy that I was amazed when I saw how cheap he was at running back this week. I feel like something's wrong for him to be down at this price range. Jonathan Stewart is uh, at 4400 He's uh, right around the likes of, of Chris Johnson and Giovanni Bernard and Carlos Williams. He's he's a good running back. He's been very solid this season. Um, easy points in, say, a uh, double up. He might not be too flashy for a... Um, I can't talk today. For a mm -hmm. tournament play, but over the last uh, five weeks, he only has one game that's less than 14 points. He's averaging 20 carries a game. He has been very solid, I think, for that $4,400 price. He's a guy that would fit perfectly into your running back slot and give you a lot of money to work with elsewhere in your lineup. It's not like Washington has an amazing defense for stopping him. Yeah, definitely like that pick. Have Jonathan Stewart in a lot of leagues, so I hope he does well. <laughs> um, my my uh, cheap running back pick, and I, I truly do think this is a steal. I'm pretty sure Brad would have picked this person, too, if I wouldn't have stolen him. Most um, definitely. It's, it's Sharkhandrick West at 4500 I could not believe this. 
just $100 more than Brad Spick, Jonathan Stewart, but less than people like Gio Bernard, Frank Gore, Eddie Lacy. I, I, Sharkhandrick West is just so cheap. He's playing the worst run defense in the league this week in San Diego. We saw what Jeremy Langford did to them. Uh, and Sh- and Sharkhandrick has been doing it against good run defenses in these past three weeks. Um, went off against Denver last week, and we all know their defense is good. I, I can't. I think this is just stealing points taking Sharkhandrick. I would look out, though. I have a feeling he's going to be on a lot of lineups. So um, it could be you just have to take him just to counteract everyone else also having him because it seems like such an obvious pick to me. Completely agree. He might be someone to steer away from in a tournament play, but in head-to-head, you have to put him in your lineup just to uh, save yourself in the, off, in the chance he goes off for a big game. Um, Titans this week, I had a little bit of a hard time finding a a cheap tight end that I like. Normally, I go pretty cheap at tight end. This week, I did go with Jordan Reed in most of my lineups. Um, Brett's going to steal the guy that I probably like the most down here in this area. I'm going to go with a guy with like Richard Rodgers. I think he's always good for a chance at a touchdown. He's uh, He's been pretty good so far this season in weeks that he picks up touchdowns like he has the last two weeks um, with three touchdowns in the last two weeks. So at $3,100, he's really cheap. Um, He does have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. He's playing Minnesota, which has been pretty weak against the tight end. Um, If you're really needing to go cheap at a position to fill in um, some of these other studs at your other positions, I think he's a guy at $3,100 that would be passable as your starting tight end. Yep. Yep, definitely. I've put in I put in Richard Rodgers many times when I just needed someone who was cheap and got him in there, and he's put up some points if he gets a touchdown. So, just like many other running backs or tight ends, um, my my tight end pick this week is uh, of course the the tight end playing Oakland. That's what I always do. <laughs> just look look for the tight end playing Oakland that week. Uh, this week it is Detroit tight end Eric Ebron. Uh, Eric Ebron flashed early in the season, had some injury issues. Has been pretty good since he came back. This week, I think it's definitely another breakout week for him. Like I said, playing Oakland, they've been among the worst in the league against the tight ends, giving up points seemingly every week unless your name is Owen Daniels. Um, And so I think Eric Ebron's a a solid pick here. 3,500, so a little more expensive than the Richard Rodgers level. So if you need to go cheaper, that's definitely a good pick. But at 3,500, he's in the lower half of the tight ends. I think he's a great person to grab and stick in your lineup. Completely agree. I like Ebron this week. If I was going for someone down the cheap area, he would probably be my first choice because going against Oakland always helps. Um, now we're going to jump into some guys like our frameworks for this week, our, our building blocks. Guys we're going to have in every single one of our lineups. So we each pick one. Mine, um, he's at a price that is... You can't pass him up. He's a lot like that Sharkhandrick West situation. If you're playing a head-to-head, you have to put him in there um, just on the af- off chance that he goes off. And that's Danny Amendola. He's only 4500 for a wide receiver, which is a killing. Um, I got him in all of my lineups. Um, I think he is a must against the Buffalo Bills. Let's see who's going around that 4500 uh, dollar, he's in the, the Nate Washington, uh, Tavon Austin, Golden Tate area. So 
you would rather have him for sure over any of those guys. It looks like the algorithms over at DraftKings aren't quite catching up to his change in role with Julian Edelman being done for the season. So jump on that price while you can. For me, uh, the person who's going to be in uh, probably every single one of my lineups, I don't see him not making it in the lineup, uh, and that's Mike Evans. Mike Evans has been a target monster. I know I've used that word a lot, but he might be the biggest definition of a target monster. Sometimes he drops them, which has not been an issue, but he has been getting the targets. He is getting the receptions. He hasn't gotten the end zone recently, and I expect that to change this week going against Philly, who is a pretty good defense, but not very good against the wide receivers, surprisingly enough. I think Jameis Winston's going to feed him. They're going to get that ball to him, and I think he's going to get in the end zone this week, which is just going to bump up your points even more. I think he's a great pick. He is on the higher end. He's uh, he's up there at the 7,300 um, 7, range. So he's with, AG, or with Demarius Thomas and with Larry Fitzgerald. So he's on the higher end, but I think he's a, he's a must-have in all my lineups. This is a guy that's going to be in all my lineups as well. I completely agree. Um, him and Amendola are going to be the framework works of my wide receiver core. Um, and then defenses, we don't talk about defenses on this podcast too often, but in DFS you do got to stick one in, so it's important to uh, make sure you don't screw yourself up because negative points from your defense can really kill you in a head-to-head situation. You got to at least get something out of that. Um, this week, there's two defenses I would probably be targeting. Um, one's really cheap, the other one's a little more expensive. Um, but they're both pretty good price. Uh, the first one of the Chiefs are going against San Diego. Um, I think uh, they'll be passable. They're twenty six hundred, which is is dirt cheap in DraftKings um, situation. They're right around the same area as the Bills and the Raiders and the Ravens. Um, we saw what they did to Denver last week. Put up a ton of points. I think they have a chance to do that again. And my second one is. The Patriots, um, who are 3200 so a little more expensive, but you're still not breaking the bank on a team like the Seahawks. Patriots are playing the Bills, who they demolished in Week 2, and I think that defense will hold up very well again in Week 11. Um, yeah, I, I would actually like to point out those top two defenses are, are hard to pass on. Um, they're both probably the two best defenses in the league, and they're both playing teams that aren't amazing, specifically you the take Seahawks. That back. Yeah, it, the Denver Broncos are playing the Bears. You I take them to back. get shut down a little bit. But specifically the Seahawks, they're playing San Francisco, whose offense, as we said earlier, is going to be led by Blaine Gabbert and possibly Sean Duran as the running back position. Um, I think they're a great play this week. They're super expensive, 4000 I was able to get them in a couple of my lineups. But if you can afford them, I think that one's great. And then as Brad said, my cheaper defense was the Chiefs. So um, the Chiefs, I think, are a good defense. They've been pretty good this year, and San Diego has been a pretty good opposing matchup for the defenses. So I think they could definitely be solid if you need to throw someone in there on the cheap. Well, there you go. There's a little DFS talk. Um, we always love to talk a little DFS. We'll do that a little more as the season progresses. Um, if you have any DFS questions or want to talk to us about that, we always are down to discuss a little DFS on a week-to-week basis. Uh, we're going to f- quickly finish off this uh, podcast the way we always do with the game of the week. This week we uh, we sat down, we, we discussed, we debated, and we came down to Cincinnati at Arizona, a game of the week. This game got flexed into the Sunday night game. 
So everyone across the nation will be watching this along with us. Um, there's a lot of fantasy impact going on this game. So we're going to quickly run through both teams and talk about what we like and what we don't like. Uh, let's start off with Cincinnati. Andy Dalton, he, uh, he broke out to start the season. But uh, the old Andy we all know and hate has uh, reared his ugly head and seems to be back at his old ways. Um, I personally love J.J. Watt's quote from earlier this week that he turned the Red Rifle into the Red Rider BB gun. Andy Dalton didn't seem to be a big fan, but... That was fantastic. I I loved it. I loved it. I, uh, Andy Dalton, in my opinion, just, I I said this earlier, I think old Andy is always going to end up coming up. I think that's the quarterback he is. I think he was masquerading himself a little bit this year. And this Arizona defense is good. I don't think you can start Andy Dalton unless you absolutely have to. Don't like him at all. Agreed. Um, And because of Andy Dalton's woes, that has affected the rest of the receiving core. We talked about A.G. Green a little bit earlier, so we'll uh, quickly go past him. He's been very boomer bust, and we're a little worried about him going forward as long as Andy Dalton's his quarterback. Um, Marvin Jones is not much better. He is the number two guy there, but he is uh, really boomer bust. He is flex at best, but I yeah. would guess not even that. The only... Uh, receiver that seemed to be able to stay productive uh, so far this season is Tyler Eifert. He's been getting in the end zone pretty consistently. Um, he's a no-brainer starter at tight end. I think not if he probably- keeps dropping the ball like that. Oh, I was so angry. Oh, Brett got angry. I watched big that surprise. game with nothing but chagrin as Tyler Eifert dropped ball after ball. But yes, obviously every week starter Tyler Eifert. You have to keep putting him in there, but. Oh, how many drops did he... I think it was four or five. Oh, it seemed like so many. He was dropping easy catches, and that's not like him at all. That is true, but being that he's uh, position rank three so far this season, you're going to keep him in your lineup like Definitely. everyone else. Uh, the running backs in Cincinnati have been disappointing as well. It's yeah. uh, a timeshare, pretty pure and simple which has pretty much sucked away any and all value either guy might have for your fantasy team. If you were going to start one of these guys in Week 11, who would it be, Brett? It's Gio Bernard, but truly I'm not starting either of them. Completely agree. Um, They're both guys that need to be owned, at least just in case one or the other gets hurt or something. But That's to me. Gonna drop Jeremy Hill. Uh, I, I'm I'm not going that far. I'm not going that far as to drop Jeremy Hill. Yeah, I don't know if I would either, but I definitely saw it this week. Lots of people did it. So, I mean, if you want to go pick him up and you want to take that flyer, it's definitely there for you. Very, very true. But um, as good as the Cincinnati team has been this season, from a fantasy perspective, there's a lot of big names, but production has not quite been where I think we all thought it would be coming into the season. Um, uh, on the other side of the ball is a team that fantasy production has been crazy high all season across the board. That's the Arizona Cardinals. Carson Palmer, your number four quarterback on the year, just what we all predicted. Um, the old man can throw the ball, and he has a lot of wide receivers to do it to. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, Three solid wide receivers. I personally think Michael Floyd sits in this game. That looked like a pretty serious hamstring injury to me. 
Um, so I think that that obviously spikes up uh, Larry Fitz's value and John Brown's value. Uh, but he could start, and when he is in, him and John Brown kind of give and take from each other, and they make each other not very valuable. Um, but I could see I could see him sitting in this game and John Brown stepping up. Larry Fitz always has his value. So, I mean, I think he's a no-question starter along with Carson Palmer. Um, agreed. Um, I think it's good for Fitz that Michael Floyd isn't in the game because watching that game last week, it looked like Michael Floyd was maybe starting to get the favor of Carson Palmer um, later in the game when the game was on the line. Um, if he's out of the game, like Brett thinks he might be, that's going to be good for John Brown and Larry Fitzgerald. But with all three of them in the game, I am v- in the future, I'm very interested to see how those targets will shake out. I'm, I'm slightly worried about Larry Fitzgerald, but I'm just I'm going to keep rolling him out there for now. But uh, I'm going to definitely monitor the situation. Michael Floyd... He looks like the Michael Floyd we uh, we knew and loved uh, early last season before injuries and everything really started to ravage him. Um, and I'm excited to see if he can get back to that level because for a minute there, he was impressive, to say the least. Yeah, um, definitely. Do you want to talk about your favorite player on earth? Oh, geez, Chris Johnson. Put him on the bench. Please put him on the bench. I'm begging you. Put him on the bench. Okay, Brett doesn't like Chris I'm, Johnson. I'm begging the Arizona Cardinals to put him on the bench and give Andre Ellington and David Johnson the chance because oh. I love those two running backs. They're explosive. Did you see that run by Andre Ellington? It was impressive. That was fantastic. Yes. He's tiptoeing down the sideline all the way to the end zone, sealing the game for them. Uh, I love Andre Ellington and David Johnson. They aren't viable fantasy starts right now, but like I said, if Chris Johnson continues to not produce, Bruce Arians may come to his senses and put him on the bench. And one of those two could definitely be valuable in the future. This game, I suppose you put them both on the bench. And if you have to, Chris Johnson isn't a terrible start. Since he isn't great against the run, but they're not bad. They're middling. Um, so if you have to, throw Chris Johnson in there. He's definitely got a chance for a score. Um, but I don't, I don't love him, that's for sure. That has been evident throughout the whole podcast. Um, I think the running backs... All three of them make it hard to start any of them with confidence. If you're starting one, unfortunately, it's probably Brett's favorite player, Chris Johnson. But um, all of them make me nervous going forward. The wide receivers are where a lot of the fantasy projection are going to come from uh, with as much as they threw the ball in Arizona. Um, So there you go. That's your game of the week. I think uh, that'll be a fun one on Sunday night. I think that's all for week 11. Uh, Be sure to go subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Send us some emails at thefantasyplaybookpodcast at gmail.com. Throw us a message on Twitter. We're always down to talk with you there at the FS Playbook on Twitter. Um, And we hope to talk to you next week. Enjoy and have a good one.